time for our ghost story segment of the show. So, uh, boo and, and such. God, I'm the fucking worst. <laughs> <laughs> it started off strong. <laughs> uh, anyway, here's, a, yeah. here's some fucking ghost stories. Uh, I'm going to start off this week again because the patriarchy is alive and well, even in this podcast. And uh, I have a little tale for you all today called The Red-Haired Boy. So much like the convent, the house that I grew up in was also a site of several spooky sightings in my youth. I know it sounds ridiculous, but, you know, like that I saw these ghosts and stuff, but hear me out. Um, So this house, as I was always told, uh, my father purchased it from his uncle's estate after his uncle died. And this worked out really well for him, uh, for my dad financially, because he got a pretty good deal in the house and, you know, that's pretty cool or whatever. Unfortunately, based on what I was told by my parents, both this uncle and his wife, Aunt Marietta, actually had died in the house. You know, of old age, as far as I know, nothing sinister. Um, But Aunt Marietta really didn't like children. Um, So when we were young, like when we were children, my brother and I, and we'd see something strange and tell my parents about it, my mother would just kind of casually explain that it was probably just Aunt Marietta because she never liked children. Uh, And my brother and I would see a lot of strange stuff. So it it came up pretty often. Like I heard that a lot growing up. Uh, So one place where I would frequently see things in the house was the attic. Um, The attic was unfinished when my parents moved into the house in the early 80s. And my father had built it out into a finished space that was divided into two rooms, uh, separated by the stairs uh, from the main floor. So you'd walk up and, you know, to your right, um, there would be a functional family room where the TV, couch, and fireplace were. And to the left, there was a room with my father's drafting table, a computer desk, and this very large loom, like for weaving, like a loom, uh, that belonged to my mother. My brother and I would play up in the attic frequently because we had a really small shared bedroom Uh, And also because there was a TV up there and that TV had our Nintendo Entertainment System hooked up to it. Um, So it wasn't like all about Ness and TV. Like we'd also go up there and like build things out of blocks and like really spread out on the, you know, the floor space that wasn't available to us in our bedrooms. Um, So we'd go up there and play with action figures. And sometimes, as I'm sure is normal with most siblings, we wanted to play separately. So one of us would kind of stay on one side and the other would go to the other side. Um, I'm not sure exactly when it began, but for several years I started seeing things on the left side of the attic, behind the giant loom. Once, for example, I swear that I saw what very much looked like E.T., from the movie E.T., when he was sickly and white. You know, that scene where the it's like a bunch of dudes in spacesuits come over and they fumigate the house or whatever, and... uh, and, you know, granted, that scene really scared me as a kid, so it can you can pretty easily explain me thinking that I saw that as just the overactive imagination of a child who'd recently seen the movie and found that scene upsetting. Um, but it didn't make it any less scary as a kid to see that in front of me. But, you know, that's probably all it was. Um, but so there were other times when, uh, like, I would see... So this makes it sound even more ridiculous, but I swear that I one time saw what can only be accurately and properly described as Gozerian terror dogs, which are the two uh, quote-unquote dogs that Lewis and Dana turn into in Ghostbusters. Um, Mm -hmm. And I didn't see them. It was like just one at a time. Like I never saw them together, Um, which is kind of the same as how they approached Dana and Lewis separately in the film. Were they huge or little? Um, they were. They weren't like the size they would have been in the movie because that wouldn't have fit behind the loom. But right. it was like the size of like a medium-sized dog. You know, like mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe like 
like a like a golden retriever or something like yeah you know like so pretty big like for Mm -hmm. a kid um yeah and uh you know and again like that's i was probably afraid of them although i don't remember ever being like super scared of ghostbusters like i liked that movie but Mm -hmm. you know i i could have just been imagining them too but at the same time maybe it was something else like maybe maybe this thing behind the loom was uh so in harry potter (laughs) they call these kind of like spirits or demons like a boggart which has its roots in english folklore uh, but it's not exactly the same thing i don't think and so in in harry potter that's defined as like it's a spirit that you nobody knows what it looks like because when you see it it takes the form of whatever you're most afraid of at the time and i thought that was kind of interesting because it makes a lot of sense i'd never heard of this term until yesterday and actually, it was my brother, a uh, hat tip to him, who who pointed out that, like, oh, that's, you know, if you wanted to talk about the, seeing those things in the context of this, like, did you ever think about that? And I was like, oh, no, like, I just, you know, rationalized it away. And that's probably the truth. But it's interesting because I, I've, I, like, saw other stuff there, too. Those are the two most vivid memories I have besides this third one that I'm getting to, which is the main part of the story. But I just thought that was very interesting, the idea that maybe there was something there. Maybe it was Aunt Marietta. Or someone else that she, you know, brought back with her uh, and and they just were trying to fuck with you. So they looked like whatever you, they knew you were afraid of, you know, and I think that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I was a kid, so who knows? Um, and maybe those two examples are kind of more easy to explain away, but less easy to explain uh, was a boy who I would see back there sometimes. Um, he never spoke to me and seemed really shy. Um, he had shaggy red hair and wore blue overalls with a horizontally striped shirt underneath. I think it was black and white stripes or dark, dark blue and white stripes. Uh, it was always the same outfit. And he was always peeking out from behind the loom in the shadows. And uh, it was really weird because I'd never met, a, like, you know, I never knew a kid with red hair until a couple years later uh, in elementary school. And so like seeing someone with red hair was kind of a weird thing because that's not, it's not like, oh yeah, it's an imaginary friend and it looks like an amalgamation of people you've seen in your real life or whatever. Um, It was like this very specific, the way he looked. Um, And so anyway, I would just see him sometimes. I never told anybody about him and he never bothered me. Like I would play over there and see him kind of looking, but that was the extent of it. And at a certain age, I stopped seeing him back there. I don't exactly remember when, um, but you know, it wasn't something that I thought about or, t- or talked about after I was like a pretty little kid, like probably after ten or something like that. Um, but it's interesting because years later, um, I had a conversation with my brother. We were both nearing—I think we were both still in college at that point, or uh, roughly around that age. Like we were kind of adults, immature adults at that point. Um, and we were at my mother's cousin's house for an extended family event. Like lots of people were there. And after dinner, we were talking to my mother's other cousin, uh, Eric, about the paranormal, like just kind of in general. And he described to us an event where he lost kind of several hours uh, in the span of a second, like it, like in a flash, like he looked at his watch and it was like an hour or two later or something. Like in uh, the X-Files? Yeah, like he was talking about that it in the context of aliens kind mm-hmm. of. And we were like, oh, weird. Like, that's really crazy. And he was like, I know it sounds insane. Like, I'm a really rational guy. But, like, it was me and a group of friends. And we were, like, we snuck upstairs or whatever to smoke cigarettes. And it just happened. And it wasn't, like, like weren't they weren't on drugs. Like, you know, and nicotine does not make you lose two hours of your time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, you mm-hmm. don't trip on nicotine. So 
Um, you know, and we were like, yeah, no, dude, that's crazy. And so we were kind of like, yeah, no, I mean, it always sounds crazy when you tell someone a story like that. Um, and so my brother started telling him about weird things that he had experienced. And a few minutes into the conversation, like I was kind of involved, but kind of not, but my ears perked up, um, because my brother started telling Eric about a red haired boy that he used to play with in the attic, his imaginary friend who lived behind the loom. And I was immediately covered with goosebumps. Uh, like my memories just flooded back. And I interjected kind of incredulously at first, unsure of how my brother could be co-opting my, you know, creepy imaginary friend story. <laughs> uh, and as we talked, we realized that even though we'd never talked to each other about the red-haired boy before, and neither one of us ever knew that the other one had seen him, uh, you know, like we, we would say like you know like well what did he look like and so i would write something down and he would and then we would like flip over the paper and it's like oh he had red hair and he had suspenders or not suspenders uh, overalls you know like uh, like kind of like oshkosh overalls or whatever and we had all these very specific details um and so yeah it left me feeling pretty shaken um to know that and we talked about it and we talked about this conversation actually led to us talking about a number of other things um, and my brother actually claims to have played with the red-haired boy and noted that like they would play together and have fun, but that the boy, uh, as he said, that creepy kid never talked. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's just it's just interesting. Like it's very, <laughs> like you know, nothing ever happened to us and we were fine. But the the feeling that you get after you know ten or fifteen years or twenty years, who knows how? Like I don't remember how old we were when we had this conversation either. Um, but like just knowing that I didn't, you know, maybe I imagined the ET and the Ghostbusters dogs, but I don't think I imagined that little boy. And if we both imagined that same little boy, that is a very strange coincidence. Um, so yeah. Boo. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> what did your brother and the red haired boy play? What did uh, they do? I think it was mostly sex stuff, you know, <laughs> jerking each other off. You know? <laughs> the little boy didn't have to talk. Yeah, he didn't have to say a word. No, I don't know. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't ask him. I assume it was like action figures, like Teenage mm -hmm. Mutant Ninja Turtles, or maybe the Ghostbusters Firehouse playset. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Which man, wouldn't that be ironic if you played with a Ghostbusters toy with a ghost? Well, you know what I thought. Yes, that would be. You know, Would they that should do that in Ghostbusters own? 3. That's the plot. I think yeah. that's actually what they're going to do in it. Like a big loom. and Dude, looms are scary. Um, Yeah. I don't know uh, why, yeah. but they... And it well, was a really yes. big loom. Like, Yeah, right. Yeah. And actually, I've, yeah, yeah, I've seen those. They're huge. And they obscure... I mean, if there's a little little red-haired demon living in your loom, he can hide in there. No problem. And I, I actually did a... Um, a pretty piss poor, but like, I think it's still pretty spooky. Uh, just like a quick pencil and Photoshop drawing mm -hmm. of the red haired boy. And that we'll have that up on the blog uh, yeah. this week with, with the ghost story. So yeah. um, I didn't draw the loom exactly right, but it kind of gives you a sense of the just proportions, the proportions of like the loom yeah. and the kid and the, you know, yeah. and the also, boys, yeah. oh, sorry. Uh, I was just gonna say one other thing, which I should have mentioned in my story, uh, the way I wrote it out. But so behind the loom on all, like every, so there were two sides of the attic and on every side, but one of them, there was a crawl space. So if you went to the left and then you went behind the loom, there was a little door, maybe three feet tall. And that went into the crawl space, like under the roof. So like there, it would be, it was the real attic, like what was left of the unfinished attic. And you would just have the, the, um, 
the you know rafters and and the beams for the floor and stuff and Mm -hmm. we would store stuff in there and so there was a door on each side of that side of the attic so there was one behind the loom and then there was one on the other side near my dad's drafting table and then there was one on the other side behind the couch um and so we would like open up and look in there a lot and like well anyway that's a different story but but so the boy like i don't know i i remember thinking like maybe he lived in the in the oh. roof somewhere and like would come out and then hide out behind the loom when he knew we were there. I don't know. Oh, oh that's like a total new dimension to that story <laughs> that he was like just around. Like Yeah. Living. Like he could have been there all the time. I don't know. He might still be there. Yeah. Your parent, do your parents still live in that house? They do. They do. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Yikes. Well, don't let play behind the loom by yourself, I guess. I will not. <laughs> <laughs> Although it would be no. a good experience for her, you know, probably. Sure. Yeah, I have a lot cool. of character now. So. What if he's grown up? What if uh. you go up there and he's an adult and he's trying to hide in the loom and he's too big? Um, oh boy. Some good physical comedy. You know, I thought when you were telling that story and talking about the boggarts, which great point. I had never thought about that. Yeah. It's terrifying. Um, Like, did he look like Chucky? The kid? Yeah, like the no. yeah, the little boy looked like Chucky the doll. No, I don't think so. I can't okay. remember his face, but I don't think it ever looked like angry because that would have like scared me, and then I probably yeah. would have like been like, "Mom," you know, like yeah, <laughs> like I told my yeah. mom about some of the stuff I saw back there. I remember yeah. one time, and this isn't good enough to be its own story, but I remember one time opening the door to the crawl space. And there, I swear to God, there was like slime, like a, like a translucent, like kind of slimy. It wasn't a lot of it, but it was just on the door. And again, like I was a kid that grew up watching Ghostbusters. So to me, it was yeah. like, oh, that that's like ectoplasm or whatever, like in the library. And yeah. I told my mom, I like kind of got freaked out, but I think I was almost more excited because I fucking loved yeah. Ghostbusters. And yeah. I was like, mom, mom. And like, I went downstairs and got her and dragged her back up there and it wasn't there anymore. Mm. And I had like seen that shit, you know, like, so I don't know. Yeah, I have a a later on, um, not today, but we can tell the story about the one woman who had a bunch of things happen to her and ectoplasm plays into it, which is that is a whole other dimension of like hard to believe, you know? Right. Yeah. But I mean, you know what you experienced. It's yeah. I'm not saying it's hard for me to believe you or to believe her. It's just like the um the concept of it in general. Right, is, right. Yeah. Yeah, they're actually being like a physical right. presence there, like a right. residue or whatever. Right. So, okay, so after you and your brother talked about this, did you guys ever go back up and look, like look into the little crawl space, just hang out in the attic by yourselves to kind of see if anything would come back? Uh, No, you know, and I, so here comes the part You're of the, here scared? comes the part of the show where I, uh, admit that I lived at home with my parents until I was like 22. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I lived there for, I, I, I was living there at the time. And we were there, I mean, e- even as adults, like we would continue to kind of experience some strange stuff there. Like there was a time where I was home alone during the summer in the middle of the day, like I, the child center was closed or something. And I was like probably 16 at least, like I might've been older than that. Um, and you know, like I, I, I could have sworn someone was in the house kind of thing. Like that's how noisy it would get. And oh. I was in the attic a lot because that was the main TV. Um, but wow. yeah, I, I, you know, I don't, 
I don't think like, and I mean, I've probably been in the crawl space looking for Christmas decorations or like, I know that we used to keep our old records in there. So we had like the Fraggle Rock, like vinyl, mm-hmm. like in a couple, like Puff the Magic Dragon and shit like that. And I, mm-hmm. so not, probably not in the last 10 years, um, but you know, yeah, when I was there, I was still going back there and it didn't, I would re- always remember, like I would kind of think about it from time to time, not always, but, but from time to time, like when I'd be over there, I'd think about mm-hmm. it, but yeah, nah. Ooh. Man. But the I mean, rest of the like house. It's almost like you don't want to because yeah. it's such a crystallized childhood memory. Like, oh, yeah, but, for sure. Uh, yeah. And I'm you actually, could actually... Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, I'm actually kind of happy to have illustrated it, too, like that, yeah. that stupid drawing. I hadn't like, thought of it looking like that, so yeah. it's good. Yeah, it's good for me to have your visual. You yeah, know? I wish I were, like, better <laughs> at art. Like, No, uh, it's... You know, it's like, it's spooky. You guys but, will love it. It's yeah. It captures it. I think yeah. Captures Oof. it like a ghost in a ghost trap. Yeah. Boom. And Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Yes. That's that's a good one. I think actually we, we could talk about this another time, but that would be a, a really interesting screenplay. I would think. Yeah. Especially if he grew up and then it, it turned into like uh, Drop Dead Fred. <laughs> you know <laughs> like yeah, he grew yeah. up and couldn't fit behind the loom I like that visual it makes it less <laughs> scary <laughs> anyway great yeah. one I love that one thank you yeah it's fantastic my pleasure cool <laughs> well I'll g- dive into mine uh, I have not been fortunate or unfortunate as Daniel has in experiencing anything ever um, maybe I'm not sensitive enough I don't know uh, blocking the ghost vibes, but I do have several friends who've had interesting experiences here and there. Um, and when we, you know, told our friends we were doing this, we got some good stories back. So this one, um, it's about hauntings at hardware stores. So he wrote it out really well. So I'm going to read it. Sorry for people who like the kind of riffing, but I don't want to miss the details because he hit it pretty well. So Hardware hauntings. We have a hardware store located in a former grain mill built in the 1800s. Eventually, the grain mill became a hardware slash funeral home. What a pairing, right? I guess if you needed a shovel. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's his joke. (laughs) Just give that one to him. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The former owners kept everything. The store was filled with old goods that had no modern-day usage. Um, it also has still floor-to-ceiling bins with wooden ladder racks that move back and forth to get to the higher bins that they still use, which I think is really cool. Kind of a neat visual. Yeah. Um, so they use the first floor for the store, but then the private upper floors are like chock full of modern merchandise and this old stuff kind of like um, that you know no one can use and they can't sell. We don't heat the upstairs, so all the paint is peeling, the wallpaper is peeling, there's water damage, and Brooklyn, broken plaster is prevalent. Everything, it kind of looks pretty crazy up there. As, as anyone who's toured an old building with floors like that kind of know what it looks like. Automatically sort of spooky to have everything peeling and in disarray. Um, in the third floor, the top floor, it's no better. It's strewn with pigeon feathers and huge piles of wooden drawers for the downstairs and, like, ancient bug bombs that are probably loaded with illegal chemicals. And, oh you know, just kind of like a disaster area, put it that way. My take, not his. Um, but no one goes up there, so it's fine. It's all, like, up to code, just, uh, you know, how you'd have a storage space, I guess. <clears throat> so recently... I'm just going to read it from third person because it sounds weird. That's how, how I was reading it. 
recently he was working on reorganizing um, the stovepipe in a room in the upper floors. Um, apparently it's extremely quiet in the upstairs with two sets of steep, creaky stairways as the only methods of access. I'm guessing probably one was maybe like, you know, a servant staircase or like a back area staircase. One was the main one. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had to leave the room to do something. And, you know, he, he walked out into the hallway and, you know, how when you walk kind of in the hallway, you might like just sort of look down the hallway just absentmindedly. Yeah. Well, that's what he did. The door at the end of the hall had like a glass panel, not a transom window, but like a glass panel and the actual door. Okay. And as he looked down the hall in that direction, he saw somebody on the other side of the glass walk in the opposite direction of the way he had been walking. Right. There was no way it was his reflection since he was walking right and the person was walking left. Mm-hmm. He said he began laughing because he knew what he had just experienced, but of course had to make sure there wasn't someone upstairs. He hadn't heard the stairs creaking or anything like that. Just the shadow of someone walking. And he checked and there wasn't anyone in the room on the other side of the glass door. So that was at one of their locations. Um, at another location, um, it's kind of known among the longtime employees that there are ghosts around the store. Like, you know, managers will, it sounds like a kind of a poltergeisty situation yeah. where managers sometimes come, come into rooms and their brooms have been knocked off the racks onto the floor, that sort of thing. So, um, state sweeping. Thank yeah, you. man. They also like, like messing you up. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, so at that store, they use, like, a bathroom trash can under the counter since it's small and it fits easily under the shelf. You know how that goes. Mm-hmm. So one day, he was buying merchandise, and while he was making his purchase, he and his two other coworkers saw one of the trash cans fall out from under the counter, but it didn't just land on its side. It, like, tipped all the way up onto the top like it had been pushed mm-hmm. that way. It hadn't been sticking out. It hadn't been leaning on anything. It just, like, popped out, flipped over, and landed. Nice. Yeah. So that's... Those are his experiences so far. Um, He's not somebody that... I mean, again, it's sort of a throwaway line, but this kind of stuff doesn't really happen to him that often. So, like, it hasn't happened to him before he started working at these hardware stores. So, spooky stuff. Yeah. Man, there's an old, there's a really old hardware store like that uh, where I grew up. I spent a lot of time there, um, and it's like the oldest building on the commercial strip, and it's kind of like that too with the old ladders. It's now like they just sell candy and like goofy kind of hipstery gifts and stuff, and they have a restaurant attached. I wonder if they have any haunting stories. I should go do a little field research once we, uh, once Outlander's done for the season and we have to like... You know, just well, I guess those. we don't have to keep putting them out weekly then, but you know, we could put put out just. Look, how are we going to keep? How are we going to maintain our rating next to Joe Rogan and uh, Adam Carolla if we don't keep putting stuff out? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's not a rating; they just kind of recommend shit to people, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ah, huh, man, I'm excited about this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me too. And maybe the next time you're in town. We go on the road and record from a haunted location. I I think we have a few that would do well. Yeah, we should be... go to that convent right. and we should go to your mom's house. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> or your parents' house. Or like the Octagon house in DC. Ugh, I don't know if I can handle that. That would be tight. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah. yeah, possibly. Yeah, and if you come here, <clears throat> I'll figure out what's going on. Let's go to that hotel, know. man. Oh, yeah, the Congress. Yeah, mm-hmm. buddy. Yep. Yeah, I yeah, I haven't. You know what would be really cool? If we could someday get to that cemetery in Edinburgh. Oh, yeah. I think we'll tell that story on another um, another podcast. I'll assemble some details on that one. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be a good one. Yeah. Yeah, so to whet your appetite, Mm -hmm. (laughs) get ready for that. Maybe next week. I think that's, no, I think that's solid. I think we, yeah, we we really gave gave them some uh, solid material this week, so. 